All right, all right. I read an interesting fact the other day uh, about China. China makes the news every now and again. Um, an interesting fact, China. I once had a friend who grew up in China tell me, well, no one in China watches the news because we all know it's propaganda. Think about that. We're going to read today from 1 John, chapter 2, and we're going to start out in verse 15. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 15, speaking of the news, not watching the news. Now, by the way, that fact from China might not have really been a fact. I found it on the internet. Um, Somebody had shared it on Facebook. So totally it must be true, right? It's got to be true. It's Facebook shared. So 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. The world is passing away. It's scriptural. It's happening. I don't need to watch it. I don't need to see it. It's scriptural. It is happening right in front of our eyes. I would rather Philippians 4, 8, right? I'd rather put my mind, renew my mind. I'd rather put my mind on things above. I'd rather set my focus on things that are honorable, things that are right, things that are pure things of excellence, anything worthy of praise. Dwell on these. Last week's message, right? Set our minds there. There is no need to watch the world pass away. It's going to happen. It's scriptural. Set your mind on things above. Dwell. Dwell on these. Let's rise, shall we? Pray and worship our Savior. Lord, we thank you. Father, you have your hand on each and every one of us. You love us. You guide us. Lord, and we thank you. We desire to worship you, Lord, to set our mind on you, on the things that you have for us. Father, this world may be passing away. This world is passing away. But our eyes are on you, Father. As we worship, as we praise your holy name, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
able to declare in Minnesota and Wisconsin that you are good. We are able to declare in the United States of America that you are good. Thank you, Lord. And we worship you today for the freedoms to do that. For the freedoms that we have and that we will keep in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Turn with me if you have your Bibles. Look up at the screen if you don't have your Bibles. We got you covered. For those watching on the internet, it's right on the bottom of your screen. It's amazing. Technology is amazing, eh? Good stuff. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Actually, only verse 1. Got a lot of other verses we're going to read today, but we're going to start with Galatians 5, verse 1. It says, For freedom Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Let me read that again, because it's, it's good stuff. For freedom Christ has set us free. Say, we're free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, years ago, this is kind of a strange story to tell, but you know it, it gets us there. Years ago, I uh, I used to get to go to a lot of Gopher hockey games. Anybody go to a Gopher hockey games? My brother had tickets, and his son. I used to go with them. Uh, I had some other folks that I, had. I went to a lot of them there for a while. And one of my favorite parts, you know, the hockey was good. You know, it was the year that they won the, the Frozen Four and back that far. And it was always fun. But one of my favorite parts was the, the, the crowd cheers. You know, if those of you who have gone to the Gopher Hockey, there, there's like crowd cheers. They do them every game. You know, 99% of them I can't repeat in church. All right, so I won't. And I did that, you know, if you're thinking maybe I'm going that, no, I'm not going in that direction. There's those, there's some very, Bad. Let's just say bad ones, okay? But there's some that are really good. Like, like one of the things the announcer would have different things he would say during the game. One of them is that they would always announce that there's one minute left. You know, he would always say, there's one minute left, you know, in the, in the, in the period. But right before he'd say it, the whole crowd would go, how much time's left, Bob? The whole crowd. How much time's left, Bob? He goes, there's one minute left in the period. You know, and just, and everybody would cheer and, you know, it's just, it's just dumb stuff, you know, fun stuff. Well, my favorite one ever, though, is if you know anything about hockey, when, when you're, when somebody does something wrong, there's a penalty. When, when they do the penalty, they're put in the penalty box. Okay? And so, uh, right before, as the person was being released from the penalty box, the, the announcer would say, um, to the uh, to 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 the crowd. So say it was a gopher who was in the penalty box. He would say, uh, "The gophers are now at full strength." Okay. And so when uh, when he would say that, the whole crowd it was it was awesome because he would go, "The gophers are now at full strength," and the, and the whole crowd would say, "Always were, <laughs> always were." 
You know, when the other team would be in the penalty box and he would say, and the Beavers are at full strength. And the Beavers are at full strength and the whole crowd would go, that's debatable. (laughs) So I don't know if you've been following the news at all. I don't know if you've been following the news at all. But in the Christian world, a number of weeks ago, some people said enough is enough. Enough is enough. And they declared today Freedom Sunday. Do you follow that at all? Anybody heard that? There's a number of churches across the nation. There, there was some pastors who encouraged churches to open full, open completely, no restrictions, no restrictions on size, no restrictions on how, no restrictions on when we could worship. And as soon as I heard that, in my head, when they declared today is Freedom Sunday, the thing I heard in my head was, always were. <laughs> because on, on uh, May 31st, May 31st, Pentecost Sunday this last year, is when we opened full. No restrictions. No, couldn't, don't tell us how, don't tell us when, don't tell us where. Because it's not given by the government. That's right. That right to, to assemble, that right to, to worship God That's right. is not given by any man. Right. It's an inalienable, inalienable right yes. given to us by the Creator. Amen. The Creator of all of heaven. We were just worshiping Him. And I was writing down, so I don't know if anybody looks over at what I'm doing during worship. Sometimes, I'm, I'm, many times I'm rewriting my sermon during, during, uh, I always know where I'm headed, but then all of a sudden I just, all things start to flow, and I start, I have to, I have to type, and my, my tablet was not charged this morning, so I'm going off my phone. And so, the, the, I wrote this down as they were singing, as we were singing, there was a couple of lines in the songs that I just was like, yes! One of them was, you laid down your life that I may live free. You laid, Jesus laid down His life that we would be free. Now yes, obviously, we're, you know, we're talking about sin. We're talking about the world system. We're talking about the curse. We're talking about all of those things. That's when He laid down His life. It caused us or gave us the ability to live free from sin, to live free from the curse, to, to live free from sickness and poverty and all the things that came with the curse. And to walk in a freedom that only His blood shed on the tree could bring. You laid down your life that I may live free. And then the next song that we sang has a line in it and it says, You, you're the one we bow before. You're the one. We bow before no man. We bow before no entity other than God alone. He is the one that's worthy to be praised. I think that was another line in the songs today. He's worthy. He is worthy. No system, no man, no government. I mean, we honor our government. We, we, in America, we are the government. We, the people. It's 
going to be one of them Sundays. <laughs> so five months ago, we opened up full May 31st, and God's been blessing us ever since. Good stuff. Good stuff. But as we move further into this year, how many of you have noticed that 2020 has been a little odd? been a little odd. It's been a little strange. It's been a little hard. It's been a little crazy. I mean, it, does, it seems like, you know, life is crazy. And then this year, it's like, like wow. Just put everything on steroids and then give it a, you know, give it a, an energy drink or something, you know. It's been crazy. The one thing that hasn't changed, though, is the kingdom of God. I want to go over to Matthew. Go, to, go with me to Matthew chapter 12. Because when we did this, and I, I'm going to, my wife, you can pray for my wife during this sermon. <laughs> I, I make comments during the week, and uh, my wife goes, don't say that on Sunday. <laughs> but, you know, here's the deal. There's some things that need to be said. There are some things that need to be walked out. Because if you don't hear it, if you don't hear someone who's, who's speaking uh, by the, the unction of the Holy Spirit, that's, being, that's speaking in the, under the authority of God, if you don't, then you wonder, is that really true? Is that really the way it is? You know, when we started back in, in you know, when we went back full-time, hey, just want to, you know, for the, for the record, when this whole thing happened in March, we absolutely wanted to be a part of the solution, didn't we? We did everything we could do. We, we went online. I mean, praise God. I mean, you know, I'll quit talking about Peter. But he, he, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And, and Peter, Peter had, that were, was either led by the Holy Spirit or just stumbled into it, but knew that we needed to be online. That we needed to be live, you know, Facebook. We were Facebook live and, and, and YouTube live weeks before everybody else was. Glory. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Amen. Thank God for obedient people. Okay. That's the last one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. But we did all that. We, we know, I mean, we were in here and we had like the first week, I think we had five people in the room, you know, and you know, it was the weirdest thing talking to an empty room. And then the next week we added a couple more essential people. And then, and then we added some more essential people. We do, we, now we're all essential. Amen. We, we always were. That's what you should have said as soon as I said that. Yeah, always were. But we, we did all that stuff. And we were being obedient. We, you know, and we were being, you know, we didn't know. You don't know. We don't know what's happening. But now we do know. We do know. Yeah, there is a virus out there and it has killed people. Absolutely. We're not ignorant. We're not, we're not, hello. But there's a point where we need to continue to walk in the freedom that God has given us. And, and it needs to be said publicly because there are still people. There are still people who are hiding. I run, I, I hear about people every once in a while that have still never left their house. Everything's delivered. Everything they don't they don't go out. They don't socialize. They don't. My goodness. But at the time when we did that, 
you know, there was a lot of concern. People were like, wait a second. You know, I'll just be honest. That first Sunday, uh, Pentecost Sunday, May 31st, when we came back together, and I actually, the, I started the service by reading Galatians 5, 1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I started that service that morning, and I said, here's the deal. We have posted on every door, every wall, every surface you can, you, you bump into those signs all day long, whatever. This is the rule. This is what the, the governor has mandated. Absolutely. You know, that's what it says. But you are free. You are free to walk in the freedom that you have to be wise, to be, to be adults, to be free. Walk in freedom. But then also if somebody, and we've had people come in all the time who have, who wear masks. Awesome. Wear a mask. It's great. I mean, people, you know, I don't, doesn't bother me. If that's what's in your heart, do it. Please do it. But then give freedom to those who say, no, not going to do that. For freedom, he has set us free. I shared that that morning and, and, uh, you know, okay, we're just, we're pushing the envelope a little bit, but, you know, we're, we're, we're walking in wisdom. We're not declaring, we're not, you know, putting a poster out in front, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're just saying we're moving forward. The next morning, my wife and I were sitting having breakfast and, uh, all the way through this whole thing, uh, I've been a part of a Zoom conversation with our state representatives, our senators, uh, pastors from all over the state. Usually once a week, uh, we've been on, on a Zoom call and they share about how, what things are happening when in the services. Uh, you know, what they've done, how they've been doing. You know, at first it was about how everybody was going online and, you know, how long do we do this and so on and so forth. And we, you know, I've been a part of all those. And that morning, uh, was the, was the day after Pentecost Sunday and, and, uh, they, they, they had another one on Monday morning. We're eating our breakfast. And, uh, and they were talking about, yeah, we, uh, we mandated everything. We had social, you had to, you had to call in, you had to do all these things, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we lost, we've, we, we are down 50%. We're down 40%. You know, church after church said we're down 30%. We're down, and I knew one church in northern Minnesota who had gone down 75%. I know churches right now still have never opened. They have not opened. And we're eating breakfast, and I'm thinking about that, and they said, well, one of the state representatives says, well, I guess that's a, that sounds like everybody's pretty much on the same page, that they're going to walk, do, you know, do follow the order and do this and that. And all of a sudden, a guy chimes in, he goes, well, not exactly. He says, my son went to a church in the Twin Cities area, where the pastor stood up and read Galatians 5.1 and says, For his freedom that we have been set free. <laughs> and we're not doing this. Well, that's not what I said. See how you know things can be? That's not what I said. That's not what I said. But it was just like, both of us are sitting there going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> You go from hidden to front page. <laughs> That's how people get on 60 Minutes, man. You know, I mean, gracious sakes. And they said, well, apparently not everybody's doing it. But somebody has to step out. Somebody has to be. You know, praise God for the founding fathers. Praise God for them. That they didn't, they didn't look at their own life or their own possessions or their own, their own livelihood and say, oh, never mind. I'm okay. I'm safe. So we're not going to push this thing. Praise God for them. 
that they took a stand. Praise God for them that they took a step forward and literally put it all on the line. It's kind of what Jesus did, isn't it? I'm certainly not saying that the founding fathers were exactly like Jesus, but they were following Jesus. And they, they saw that, you know, uh, in that conversation after that point, they said, well, wait a second, what about in, uh, in the Word it says to submit to the government and submit to those in authority and all those things? And, you know, at the time I didn't, you know, I didn't have all that answer. Since then, I've, I've done a, a ton of study, a ton of, ton of prayer and, and listening. And in Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, it says this. It says, At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read that David, what David did when he was hungry, and those who were with him? Now he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. There are laws in place to protect people. There are laws in place to protect our society. And they are good. Most of them are good. Many, I would say the greater majority. And even at the time when we, when we did not know what was happening with this whole thing, it was good. I understood. Hey, we need to, we need to help. We need to be a part of this. But once uh, something happened in the middle of May, it just changed in my heart. It changed that no, this is we're done. We and we're, this is not social disobedience. Or, you know, social disobedience. We're not trying to make a statement. We're not protesting. You know, if you were protesting, it'd be okay. But you know, if we're not, if we're not protesting. We're not. We're not making a big splash. We're not. We're not yelling, screaming. I haven't burned anything. Well, I burned a couple of candles. Okay, but not. You know, that wasn't even. How's Deb doing over there? She's smiling? She's smiling. Okay, good, good. Good. It's for freedom we've been set free. You know, I, I, for those of you folks who are new, I really don't talk about politics every week. I don't. I try not to. I, I, for the most part, I usually don't. I mean, 99% of the rest, in the 30, 20 years I've been here, you know, I, I've not talked, I don't talk about it. I actually kind of stay away from it. I mean, Larry's always trying to get me to talk about, you know, about, about and that's awesome. Praise God for, praise God for advocates, you know, praise God for people who are, who are speaking out. But you know, it's, this is about the gospel. This is, this, our time together is about how do we get prepared to go out there and, and to, to let people know about Jesus. But when somebody tells you you can't get together and you can't get ready to go tell people about Jesus, it's time to take a stand. It's time to move forward. It's time to say, no, that's an, enough is enough. It's enough enough. That, this, this is done. It's been done. You know, just, you know, shh, it's been done. We've been done for a while. 
but it needs to be said publicly. It's enough of this. We the people. I mean, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to rebel against those in authority. No, wait a second. We're the ones in authority. We're the ones who have the authority to, to put a person in to represent us. Peter sent me something yesterday or two days ago and I watched it and, and it was a, it was a representative from uh, Colorado and he made that very statement. He says, wait a second. He says, my title is called representative. I represent my people. Well, we the people say enough is enough. Our representatives should represent us. And there are many who do. There are many who do. Praise God for them. And praise God we have in the next, what, eight days now? It can't end soon enough. Oh, my goodness. Every time a political ad comes on, I go, oh, how many days are left? You know, we, we were talking about it yesterday, and, and Deb goes, she, she saw a statistic that says only 6%, only 6% of the people have not made up their mind at this point. Which, you know, at first I thought, well, then why do we need, why do we need to keep talking about it? No, because those 6% need to understand. So if there are six of you in this room, or eight or nine, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it one more time, okay? What does this have to do with the gospel? If we continue to let our, 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 uh, uh, freedoms be eroded, we will, ha- we, it'll be harder and harder to preach the gospel. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't mean it will stop. Because it doesn't stop. It just makes it harder. It makes it more difficult. It makes it more dangerous. So I'd, I'd rather not let it get dangerous. I'd rather take a stand now. I'd, you know, I heard somebody else say that, that you know, on that video. Is, he goes, we're, we're making the stand here. We're going to stop it here. This is enough of this. The kingdom of God needs to stand. Because who holds back? Who holds back the man of lawlessness? Yeah. The body of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, is the one who holds back the man of lawlessness. And this world right now is trying to push lawlessness every inch it can possibly go. I mean, it is, it is running with full force and it is hitting, hitting the line and hitting the line and hitting the line. And, you know, and us regular nice people are kind of like, just relax. Will you just cut it out? Just let us live. No, they don't. They're not letting it relax. They're not letting it relax. Okay. How do we push back? Well, first thing in eight days, you go and you vote God. Amen. Oh, are you saying that one party is more God than the other? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Now she's not smiling. It's not about an individual. It's not about... A, we, don't, we do not battle against flesh and blood. But we do battle against principalities, powers, and every lofty thing that tries to raise itself above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
That's Bible. And anything that tries to raise itself up, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And anything that tries to take away life, especially the life of an unborn child, or a newborn child, or any child, anyone who advocates for that, they're murderers. I've lost people out of this church over the years. They're gone now, so you don't have to worry. You don't have to look around and see who it is. <laughs> the very first time I ever couldn't take it anymore, and I said, that's it. If you, if you vote for somebody who, who, vote, who, is, who is an advocate for, for abortion, you're, you're culpable of murder. First time I said that, I had somebody leave the church. Love them. Bless them. They're wrong. Because the Word of God... The Word of God is not ambiguous. The Word of God is true. And it says life begins at conception. He says, he even said, whew, God says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That's truth. It, I don't, it doesn't even begin at conception. It begins when God thought of you. So any attack after that moment... And it says, he, he thought about you before the foundation of the earth. Yes. Your life is precious. Yes. Your life is sacred. And every life is sacred. Should, should Roe v. Wade be overturned? Abso-freaking-lutely! Yes. Sorry. For anybody, for anybody whose household is fre- freaking's a bad word, I apologize. <laughs> Debbie says it all the time. No, she doesn't. <laughs> had to break the tension just a tad, okay? Just had to. Turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 5. When the gospel is, is attacked, and the gospel is being attacked, you know, I shared this before, I shared this uh, way back when. Pastor John Moe shared with me a number of years ago, it was a few years ago, we were sitting and talking about, just talking about things of God and talking about the kingdom, whatever. And he says, I had a really strange dream. He says, I had a dream that every church in America closed. He goes, I don't even know how that happens. What, how does that happen? He says, every church in America closed. This was years ago. He goes, what do you think that means? I said, how, why would that ever happen? That doesn't even make it. Well, March, April, most of May. Look at that. Look at that. And then he said, and many of them, many of them never reopened. I'm hearing about churches that have closed, churches that have have dissolved, no longer exist. Why? It's because we just go, okay, yeah, all right, okay, I'm out. Don't I'm not gonna push back, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand up, I'm not gonna speak. My goodness, we're entering a time in human history where we have to shout louder than we ever have before. We need to preach the word to our friends, to our neighbors, to our loved ones, to our unloved ones. We need to, we need to speak. We need to speak and not be silent. You know, in that, that movie that, uh, that I watched, the, the uh, Tortured for Christ, 
They would get beaten, they'd go back to preach and immediately. There's stories of, of the Chinese church where a man was, put, was, was preaching, he got arrested, put in, in prison for 10 years. He came out, the first, he walked out of the prison door, walked across the street, started preaching the gospel. They arrested him, they put him back in jail for another 10 years. He got out, he walked across the street, started preaching the gospel, they arrested him again. Why? Because it's like fire shut up in our bones. If it isn't, it should be. This message is the only message this world has left. It's not governments. It's not politics. It's not, it's not the news media. It's not, it's not anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the king. And anything that tries to stop that or push back on that needs to bow its knee right now in Jesus' name. But then the church, the body of Christ, if the, if the body doesn't take that step forward, if the body doesn't rise up and preach, who will? No one will. Everybody to Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 5. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 5, says, On the next day, their, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem. These are the Jews. This is, this is after, obviously, after the day of Pentecost, after Jesus has risen uh, into heaven. And the guys are out preaching. The disciples are out preaching. And they got arrested. With Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family, and they, and when they had set them in the midst, this was, uh, I believe it was Peter and, and John, if I remember right. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? They had just healed the man at the gate. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? By what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is no salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen. Now, when they had seen the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. When you stand up, when you speak the truth, when you speak with power... Can people tell if you've been with Jesus or not? That's first and foremost. Man, this, we, don't, we, you know, we don't forget the, the basics. We don't forget the, 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 the foundation. The foundation is the Word of God. The Word of God, the Word of God. It's the Son of God. His blood shed on the cross. It's what He did in, in, on Calvary. This whole thing, everything that you're doing, every breath that you take, is based upon the fact that God loves you and He sent a Son, His Son, to die for your sins. And you have to make a choice. They have to make a choice. They have, 
And the whole world has to make a choice whether to believe that and to receive him and let him be the Lord of their lives. Not just, not just a, you know, a figurehead, not just something around the neck, not just a, not just a place you go on Sunday morning, but he's the Lord of your life. That means he's in charge. If he tells you, I want you to go across the street and preach the gospel. If I, if he tells you he wants you to stand up and say X, Y, Z, that's what you do. You do it because he told you to do it. If he told you, tells you to go into a certain profession, if he, if he leads you in a direction, you follow him. That's lordship. Jesus said, at the end, people will say, Lord, Lord. And he said, wait a second, no, I don't know you. Why? Because you can say anything with your lips. But what you do with your life, how you live your life... I've said this many times, you know, I share the gospel, I share how how you can be saved by receiving what Jesus did on the cross and publicly admitting it, talking about it. I said, you know, we can do anything right now. You can say anything right now. We're in a church service that's safe right here. The real test is tomorrow morning. Will you let him be the Lord of your life? That's when we'll find out. That's when we'll tell. But they said, if that's the if you're wondering how this man was healed, if you're wondering how all this happened, it's through Jesus Christ, in whom there is no other salvation. Verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Well, facts kind of talk, don't they? But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that, uh, for that a notable sign has been performed among them as an evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. That was the law, you know. That's the law they put out. Don't speak in that name anymore. Stop speaking. They, they, were, the, they were the legal. They were the, they were the lawgivers. They were the ones who could set the rules. And they said, stop speaking in that name. Stop talking about Jesus. Stop, stop doing miracles. You stop. That's, that's the law. That's the rule. Stop talking about Jesus. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For they were all praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. had many conversations over the last months about this because you know whenever you step out whenever you take a step by faith it's tough because people talk against it people speak against it people make choices and that's fine people need to make choices people need to live their lives and they need to live their lives with peace and and I'm not I don't judge I'm not judging people for for disagreeing or whatever I mean, that's not this that's not what this is about the only thing I can do is to do what God spoke to me I can only be faithful. You can only be faithful to what God speaks to you. 
And if he tells you to do something different, ah, yeah, man, praise God, go for it. Can, you know, I had the, had the conversation, can God tell one congregation to do one thing and another congregation to do another? Absolutely. He can tell leaders to do it a different way. Absolutely. Of course he can. But they have to make that decision to, to walk in it or not. But when you look at what, what would God have us do? Well, you know, it, it was also the law. It was the law. I mean, it was the law. If you broke this law, they killed you. They took you out back and stoned you. And not the other kind of stone. Not the 60s kind of stone. I mean, we're talking stoned. <laughs> we're talking rocks kind of stoned. Here, we're talking killed you. If you touched a leper and then went out in, in public, they got rid of you. Because you broke the law. Because they don't want leprosy anywhere. So what did Jesus do when a leper came and said, I wanted to be healed? He touched him and healed him. Well, actually, ten of them, he, he spoke and he, and he touched them, but he was in their presence. They were, they were way too close. They didn't even get healed until they left. So as far as anybody knew, nothing happened until the one came back. He broke the law. Do you know that Jesus never sinned once on this earth? He couldn't have. He could not, theologically, he could not sin. If he sinned, then his death on the cross meant nothing. Not one sin. Any kind of sin. The Bible says that he was sinless. He was the lamb that was worthy to be slain. No spot, no blemish. He didn't do anything wrong. And yet, he was picking grain on the Sabbath, which was against the law. He was laying hands on the sick, on the, on the leper. All I could think of was paralytic. I don't know why that was in my, it just popped into my head and I couldn't get past paralytic. Leper, thank you. He laid hands on the unclean and then went and prayed for other people. And he did not sin. He broke the law, the governmental law. But he did not sin. Why? Because it's better to do what God says to do. Amen. We don't live in this world anymore. We're just passing through. God's so funny. God is so funny. God is so funny. We live by a higher law. It's, be, it's before you that we bow. It's before you. That we lead, that we live our lives. And if he leads us to preach the gospel, that's exactly what we're going to do. And we're not going to hold back. So here's the deal. In eight days, I think it's eight, is it eight days? I don't even, I haven't looked lately. Seven or eight days. There's this thing that they call the election. For those of you watching by screen, we have music just coming out of people's pockets now. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> I was so serious there for a second. It was so good. There's a thing they call the election coming up. Do your duty, man. Do what God's... Pray about it. Vote for who you need to vote for. Not telling you who to vote for. I could tell you some people not to vote for. 
but I won't do it. I won't do it. It's very evident. Read the Bible, go and vote. Read the Bible, and then vote. There's always one in the crowd. There's always one. Lead them right up to the edge. They go over just as fast as they can. It's not a political campaign. It really isn't. I don't like politics. I don't. But by cracky. We need good leaders. Vote Holy Ghost. Vote Word of God. And you're all right. Amen. Now that one I'll acknowledge. Yes. Hallelujah. But then, also, walk in love. We walk in love. It's, it's about love. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I'm not going to end this on a bummer, but you know, just what if it goes the other way, the way that we don't want, the way you don't want it to go? What happens? Well, if 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 those get if those people get in in uh, leadership who are going to restrict the church and put you know put people in jail, I'll have a jail ministry. It's easy. It's a sorry, <laughs> sorry, sweetheart. That's what, yeah, we had such a nice week together. Yes. But, okay, so here's, here's something that's always on my heart because I know what God spoke to me. I know what God has told me about my life. I know, you know, I, Deb, Deb laughs all the time. Deb laughs or gets upset with me. I'm not sure which one. And it depends on what day it is. But I, I, I know things that are month, years ahead of, that God speaks to me about my own life. You know, I mean, I, I just know where I'm headed. I know what God's leading us. He told me, he told me to have a, a network of 20 churches in the next, you know, by 2027. Okay, we've got four. Working on five. Probably going to be six very quickly. Okay, so we, we, we have this network that's beginning. We're not there yet. So that tells me one of two things. Either this thing's going to be okay. It's going to be easy to plant 20 churches and have 20, a network of 20 churches in the valley. Or it's going to be hard. But it will still happen. Amen. That's the thing. I, I'm not moved by whether it's easy or whether it's hard. If that was the case, I'd have quit a long time ago. This is about the Word of God is true, and it will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. The Word of God for your life will be fulfilled. Young people, the Word of God for your lives will be fulfilled. Man, I remember growing up in a church where, where, where prophecy was preached all the time, the scary prophecy stuff, you know what I mean, like really scary stuff. And I was thinking, my goodness, I don't even, I, come quickly, Lord Jesus, you know. Just I, want, just, I want to be able to drive first. I want to be able to drive a car before, before you come in the rapture. I just want to have my license, okay? But come quickly. And then, then well, we got past that. I got a license, and then I was like, I want a wife, you know. And praise God, we got past that. And then, well, you know, then we started thinking, well, do we ever have children? Who would want to bring children into this world? Man, I'm so glad we did. I'm so glad we did. Right, Zoe? You're really glad. Yes. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Ethan, right? Oh, oh, Tally. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God for our children. 
Man, I, you know, how many years ago? This is not about, okay, I just need to put my life on hold. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have children. I'm not going to, you know, we're not, because Jesus has come back any second, so why try? I've heard that for 40 plus years. My grandmother before me told me the same thing. She goes, we've been talking about this since the 19, early 1900s. She says, my great, my great grandmother, who was born in the 1800s, I met, I knew her when she was in her 90s. She said, we thought at the end of, at the end of 1800s and going into the 1900s, this was it. I mean, we, okay, here we are. Plan for the future. Plan for, have more kids. (laughs) Why did you look at me? (laughs) Purely, purely for the reaction. Trust me, there is no anointing. <laughs> Why did you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, life, life move. Oh yeah, I should. Oh yeah, everybody's pointing at those guys though. I won't pick on you. I'd pick on them all the time. The future is bright, folks. The, the future is bright. Because we, we know who gives life. And greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. Amen? In that, we can have peace. We don't have to get all worked up about this stuff. We don't. We just need to walk in love. Follow him. Let him be the Lord of your life. This is easy. Until it's not, but...